Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. The doctrine of eschatology. And in this session, we are going to cover the Armageddon and the Millennium. Please remember that there are four main events that comprise the the end time. The rapture, the great tribulation, Armageddon, and the millennium. We will start with the Armageddon, with Armageddon. Armageddon is an intense battle between the forces of good and the forces of evil. It is an intense, prolonged battle between the forces of good and the forces of evil. And of course, you know, as well as I do, that the forces of good that is headed by our king, our God and king, eternal father, and that comprises our king and the kingdom and his kingdom. The forces of evil is about Satan and his kingdom. Now, there has never been a time and there will never be a time before eternal destinies are settled that the forces of evil will have a free run to do all that they want to do without restraint. Since the devil entered the earth realm in the way of, by way of deceiving Adam, in the book of Genesis. The kingdom of darkness is always looking for an opportunity to dominate, to take control, and to dictate operations on earth. But as I said before, there has never been a time when the forces of darkness, the forces of evil, has been given that kind of free run. The only place and time that the forces of evil will have any such opportunity will be in the time of what Revelation called the second death or hell, as in that place of eternal separation from God. So after eternal destinies are settled and judgment takes place, then in that place of eternal torment, that's where Satan will be able to to rule and to reign without any restraint. But of course, none of us on this platform tonight have any intention of going to that place with Satan. So he is not expected to rule over you. But let me just take a moment out to remind you that you don't not go to that place just because you don't want to. The only way to escape that place of eternal torment is to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. That is why we serve the Lord. And so it is very, very important that we take time out to serve the Lord so that we settle eternal destiny with King Jesus, with the kingdom of God. Now, very simply put, the devil is a bad devil with very destructive capabilities. 
And if he is not restrained, he will destroy the whole world, including man. And he, he has the capability of doing that. So it is God who is restraining the devil from moving in for total and utter destruction. So for example, you know, sometimes people don't, don't, don't understand that and they say all kinds of different things and uh, they don't understand that if God is not restraining the devil, then they're in a position where they would be utterly destroyed. That God uh, in his wisdom has watched over us and kept us and ensured that the enemy cannot move in for that kind of kill and utterly destroy us. In fact, the Bible says in St. John 10, verse 10, that the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. There are people, you know, who are not extremely perturbed about thieves that might just snatch something and run away. Not that anybody like thieves or want anybody to snatch anything from them, but we live in a world where that is a reality. And many people, uh, they're not extremely perturbed by a thief that might snatch something and run away. The kind of thief that they're more concerned about and really perturbed about is the kind of thief that not only snatches, not only steal, but kill and destroy. Burn down the house after they, they rob you of what they have and then destroy everything. The devil is that kind of thief. He comes to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So as I said, the devil is a bad devil and capable of destruction. And if it had not been for God restraining him, then, you know, the whole world would be destroyed. destroyed. And there is a reason why the angels of the Lord encampeth around and about those that fear the Lord. And notice it says those who fear the Lord. Fear there don't mean that you're afraid of him, but you reverence him. So, you know, when you reverence God, that means you're going to honor his word. You're going to do what he requires of you to the best of your ability. So the angels of the Lord encamp it around and about them that fear the Lord. In other words, they encamp around you to keep off the evil forces. When people don't fear the Lord and they demonstrate that they don't fear the Lord, you, what you do technically is to restrain the angels of God from working on your behalf and give the devil permission to destroy your life. Now, the thing is, sometimes you might read the scripture and see where it says like an evil spirit from the Lord troubled Saul or it suggests that evil God allow evil to take over something or to torment something and I, 
let me take a, a minute here to say something on that because what really happened, as I said, the devil always wants to move in for the kill, but God is always restraining the devil and the forces of darkness. But if you do something to restrain the angels of God, to restrain God from working on your behalf, then you technically open the doors for all the evil forces to come against you and destroy you. It is not that God is willingly destroy you, but if you restrain him from protecting you, then you open yourself to destruction. Therefore, it is not God unleashing evil and demons on you, but rather you restraining God from working on your behalf and giving evil permission to destroy your life. And so that is why you have to be very, very careful in what you do, because you're either restraining God from protecting you and working on your behalf, or you are allowing God to restrain the enemy from destroying your life. So Armageddon, as we talk about it, battles between the forces of good and the forces of evil are not new. But Armageddon, just like the Great Tribulation, will be a time of unprecedented intensity of the forces of good and the forces of evil. So even in the time that we live now, yes, there are battles between the forces of good and the forces of evil. But the Armageddon is a time when that will intensify to such magnitude that you would never ever imagine. There is indeed such a reality as the mark of the beast, that 666 number as mentioned in Revelation. And there is such a thing as a one world order which will be manifestations of the forces of darkness at work and it further intensifies when the forces of evil do everything to subject all mankind to that operation and to try and control every operation on earth. In other words, the whole idea of the mark of the beast is something that is a, a reality that will happen. Of course, we don't expect to be here in the time of the great tribulation when that kind of thing intensifies. But the, the reality is a lot of what you see happening now is the groundwork, is the framework for that one world order, mark of the beast and all of that thing to happen. And I am not suggesting in any way that you should be scared about what is happening right now across the nations of the world and in different parts of the world. But the reality is that this age will close one day. And Jesus gave his word that these things will happen before the age closes. So it is important for us to understand that whether we believe in this or not, whether we want it to happen or not, whether we pray or not, these are things that shall come to pass.
because it's a part of the course to the end of the age. I want to take a moment and read from Revelations chapter 16. We're going to read from verse 16 to verse 21. It says, and he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings. And there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth. So there was a great earthquake as you know, was not since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell and great Babylon came into remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island uh, fled away and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God before because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. So that right there is kind of a peek into what the days of Armageddon is like. That kind of activity will be taking place. And as you could see there, and as I said before, that is a level of intensity that we have not seen on the earth. Of course, we have seen earthquakes and we've seen volcanoes and different kinds of stuff and all of that. But we're not talking about something that will happen one day and we get a chance to clean up and you know you get help from the united states and different other countries and whatever the entire world will be experienced this same kinds of, kind of intensity for prolonged period of time and you just don't want to be here at that time let me also say though that the armageddon actually starts on the back end of the Great Tribulation. So that's the second half of the Great Tribulation. So the Armageddon and the Great Tribulation, uh, or at least part of the Great Tribulation, would be going simultaneously. The framework for the time of uh, the Armageddon and the time of the Great Tribulation will start before the rapture of the church and certainly long before the great tribulation the great tribulation in fact the framework is already in progress so that was saying earlier so i am not suggesting in any way that again you should be scared about it but the whole idea of a cashless society and all those kinds of stuff are actually feeding right into one world order where every human being can be controlled from a distance and that kind of stuff. 
it's all a part of the framework. Now, I am not suggesting that you should be scared and that you should not deal with cashless transactions and all of that. You should stay away from it because it's the mark of the beast and uh, you shouldn't in any way be participating in anything like that because Pastor Dean says it's the mark of the beast and you shouldn't do it. That's not what I'm saying. You can capitalize on the system before the rapture takes place because you will depart before the real effects of that system will come to bear. But it is a part of the framework, as I said, of what is to come. And it doesn't matter what kind of extended intercessions we go into. It doesn't matter how we live righteous. It's just a part of the operations that will take place. So it is not suggesting in any way when this kind of framework is going that we have started the Great Tribulation and you might have been left behind or anything like that. All we're saying is that it's a part of the process and we have to face that reality. Sometimes in our minds, that process should never start. But this age will come to a close. This age is not for eternity. So it will close out one day. And these are things that represent a part of the process of the close of the end of the age. Again, we believe according to scriptures that the church will be raptured before the great tribulation, which as I said before, it's a time of Armageddon on the second half of the Great Tribulation. People will, however, be saved, as I said, through the Great Tribulation. And as the Great Tribulation intensifies, so will Armageddon intensify because they are going to be working simultaneously at one point in time. Now, we are not suggesting that you wait for the Great Tribulation to get saved. We know we have covered how extremely difficult that period of time will be. But at the same time, we have to give you the information as is to say there will be the possibility of salvation during that time. It's just that it is going to be so extremely difficult that it would be better to serve the Lord now and not be a part of that process. Now, at the time of the rapture, those that are born again and walking with Christ will receive what we call an imperishable body, one that will last for eternity, that cannot die. Once we transition from time to eternity, everything will pretty much be of eternal value because we're not going to be in time anymore. And again, Paul speaks to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 when he says, oh, this mortal must put on immortality and this corruption must put on incorruption and we shall be changed. So that immortality, that incorruption is that eternal suit that we will live forever in. This, this body will be like Christ's resurrected body. So 
the body that Jesus was ascended in or raptured in, it is that kind of body that those of us who serve the Lord now and transition on the right side of eternity will have. In fact, even those who don't serve the Lord will have some sort of eternal suit, but they will be feeling the effects of hell if when that time comes around. The saints, which represents you and I, will be given authority to reign with Christ uh, uh, for a thousand years. And we're going to read that in Revelations chapter 20. And Satan at that time will be bound or restrained from influencing operations on earth and be thrown into the abyss. Now, if you remember carefully, we looked at the abyss earlier, talk about how the abyss is one of the division of hell. So Satan, at the, the beginning of the thousand year reign, will be cast into the abyss. Theologians and Bible scholars call this 1,000 year reign of Christ the millennium. And of course, millennium means a thousand years. Now, in the millennium, in the millennium, as I said, Satan will be cast into the abyss, but not into Gehenna. Remember now that the abyss is that bottomless pit that we talked about in earlier sessions that have gates. The Gehenna, though, is representing the eternal place of brimstone and fire. So you'll find here that Satan will be cast into two different divisions of hell, as is shown with boss. The millennium is a time of peace and harmony on earth when Jesus and the saints will rule in righteousness. The millennium comes on the back of the Armageddon and it is a, you know, the, the Armageddon is a time of war. The millennium is a time of peace. Remember what Solomon says, there's a time of war, there's a time of peace. So after uh, an intense time of battle between the forces of good and the forces of evil. Coming out of that, there will be a time of peace, which is called the millennium. And people will transition from the time of the Great Tribulation to the time of the millennium. And we will read some more on that. Even though the millennium will be a time lived in peace and righteousness, it is not God's final goal for his creation. Satan would have been bound, but not completely eradicated because at this time he would be in the abyss and the abyss is not his final judgment. And despite the wonder and harmony on, on the earth, it is still not perfect in God's eyes, but it because it, it would still bear the eternal stain of sin. So that is why John now prophesied how I saw a new heaven and a new earth, because that is God's ultimate for, for us, because the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Now, the millennium 
after just after the millennium will come what we call the great white throne judgment and that great white throne judgment would be the final act as it relates to closing as it as it relates to eternal destinies as it relates to you know transitioning in the place that you will spend eternity whether that be heaven at the end of the millennium the bible says that satan will be loosed from his chain for a short time we don't know theologians and scholars have studied this but we're not quite sure what a short time means, but the Bible said it will be loose, a loose for a short time. And when that short time is over, Satan will then be cast into the lake of fire forever. And then there will be the great white throne judgment. So he will actually precede those who will go to hell into hell. In, in terms of the eternal lake of fire. So just think about it. He's mad that he was cast into the, the bottomless pit for about a thousand years. He's loose for a short season and then he's cast into the lake of fire for eternity. No chance of coming out to deceive people anymore and all of that. So he's mad. Imagine those who are going to be meeting him down there after that, where after the great white throne judgment takes place. You really don't want to go to hell for no reason at all, but to go face a, a mad devil at that time down there, that's not, really not what you want. That is why it is important to serve the Lord that you don't have to deal with those issues. The fact that he's mad, then the only people that he could pour out that wrath on, that madness would be those who go to hell because he won't have a chance to come back into the earth realm to torment man. And he knows that. So he will take out everything on those that would be in his sphere of influence. I want to read from Revelations chapter 20 we're going to read actually from verse 1 down to verse 15. We're going to take some time and look at this time of the abyss and the millennium. So remember, John was on the Isle of Patmos on the Lord's day and saw some interesting things. And here in Revelation chapter 20, he said, I saw an angel coming down from heaven and having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Now remember that the, the bottomless pit here is the abyss. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, just in case you're wondering who it is. The Bible says, which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years. So you see there he's going to be bound in the abyss for a thousand years. Many things there. One is going to realize again, because, you know, he's a deceiver, so he deceived him, himself too. But right there, it will be demonstrated that he doesn't even have control of his own destiny and what happened. He's under subjection. So again, he doesn't like that because he can't go out to deceive people. So verse 3 says, uh, it was, 
cast into the bottomless pit and, and shut him up. So the angel cast him into the abyss and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Again, we don't know how long that little season is, but one thing we know, he will be bound for a thousand years. Can you imagine what, 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 what joy that will be that is um, not anywhere in, in, in the environment that you are is going to be under manners. Verse four, and I saw thrones and they that sat up them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. So that's talking about those who came through the great tribulation, didn't take the mark of the beast and all of that. And, you know, that's what ended up with their physical life. And which had not, so here, here it explains a little further, which had not worshipped the beast neither his image, neither receive his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now, if you happen to, to transition before the great tribulation, you serve the Lord, you won't have to go through that kind of beheading and that kind of stuff. And we know that's not far-fetched because remember that even in times past, John the Baptist was beheaded. And it wasn't even this kind of stuff, uh, this level of intensity that was happening as yet. But look at verse 5. It says, the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So that's talking about those who died during the great tribulation but never served the Lord. They are still dead at this stage in the sense that they are not reigning with Christ. They are not facing the judgment as yet. They are in detention, so to speak, waiting for the great, great white throne judgment. And the Bible says in verse 6, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. See how many times it's mentioned in this thousand years, this time of the millennium. Again, we cannot emphasize too often how important it is to serve the Lord now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You know, some there are many people who can't deal with yeah, broken fingernail, much more to deal with the time of the great tribulation and Armageddon. It's time to serve the Lord now. Uh, verse 7, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. That's out of the abyss, the bottomless pit, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand on, of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about. 
and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are. So now you're seeing in verse 10 where the where Satan is cast into hell a second time, but this time it is not in the abyss, but into the place that burn it with fire and brimstone, which we call Gehenna, that eternal separation. Now, this a dimension of hell or this division of hell is not where he or anyone who goes there will be loose for any little season. That's the forever home of whoever goes there. And while he is in that place that burn with fire and brimstone, here comes the great white throne judgment. I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. So this is where every human being that has ever existed will be summoned to judgment. And this again demonstrates the incredible awesome power of Almighty God. He is the only one that can summon everything, every living being to a time of judgment. And ain't nobody can say they're not coming. John said, I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And verse 13 says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And again, you just have to read the context carefully, because when you see the word hell, it could be speaking to different divisions. So the, the hell that gave up the dead to be judged here is not talking about the place that burned with fire and brimstone that the devil was cast into because there's no return from that place verse 14 and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire so this is when death and hell were cast into the lake of the fire where the devil would have already been and this is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. We used to sing a song when I just got born again. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Whosoever name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Let me remind you that that place of the lake of fire that it is not a temporary location. It is a place of no return. This is why we pray for our loved ones. This is why we preach the gospel of salvation. This is why 
we make the sacrifices of mission, for mission to encourage people to come to the Lord, to serve the Lord, so that you can escape that kind of atrocity. There is a good reason to serve the Lord. And I encourage you tonight, nobody on this platform this night should ever find themselves in a place that they have to contend with the place of the lake of fire because you would have heard the word of God to repent and serve the Lord in time so that you can transition on the right side of eternity. Tonight, we ask God to keep you, continue to watch over you, and we continue to thank him that he which hath begun a good work in us will bring it to completion. Ain't no tribulation in this life is worthy of your eternal security. You were built to overcome any and everything that comes against you in this life. So you just have to dig deep for that which God has placed in you to overcome the obstacles and to win so that you will transition on the right side of eternity and that you would spend eternity with your God enjoying life in a way that you have never ever enjoyed it before. To God be the glory for the things that he has done. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.